Welcome back to Around the Oval, the podcast that takes a deep dive into the Ohio State student experience. I'm your host, Rohan Makajani, and if you didn't tune in to part one with Remy Powell, go back and listen to that one. Part two is coming up, where Remy and I discuss some things that he's learned as a medical student, shares some tips and pieces of advice for those who want to go to professional school, and he goes through the slow burn round. In other news, the Pistons made the NBA playoffs and we're thrilled about them getting swept by the Bucks in four games. Let's get on to part two. But first, here's Hang On Sloopy. We're back, round two with Remy. Sup. Just take us through a day in the life of a Typical Wednesday. Typical Wednesday. Ooh, that's that's LG day. A lot of... Oh, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get there. So, like I mentioned last podcast, if Rohan didn't edit me too much, um, every day in medical school is different. So, you know, some days we have mandatory stuff, whether that's a patient panel, um, which is when OSU brings in, you know, patients with a certain disease to come talk to us about it. Um, A lot of the times we don't have anything mandatory on, you know, any given day, which for me means kind of waking up when I want to, making sure I get at least, you know, six, eight hours of sleep at night, waking up, making breakfast, and then, you know, going somewhere to study for the day. Um, Personally, I'm pretty crappy about studying at home, which I know my roommate does a lot better. But for me, I got to, you know, distance myself from the distractions at home. I'll go to the library for a couple hours, grind through all the material I need to, um, and then come home and do whatever I have planned for that night. Hopefully an intramural game, ice hockey, basketball. Um, that's a lot of it. It's not always... So break it down by the hours. What time are you waking up? It's not always super exciting, which is, you know, what you're looking for. They but I'd say, I'd say roughly waking up, you know... Eight or nine. Okay. If I have if I have anything mandatory, we'll do have stuff at eight a.m. So sometimes we have team TBLs, which are team based learning. Those will take place in the morning. If we have anything mandatory, it's normally in the morning. Cool. Okay. And then after that, go. Are you studying for the rest of the day? More or less. I mean, we do have different meetings for different interest groups throughout the day. We do have, as I mentioned, LG, which is our longitudinal group. Um, which is like our how to be a doctor class. That's where we learn the physical exam skills. That takes place once a week on Wednesday. We also do some like critical thinking exercises during that. Yeah, but a lot of it comes down to, you know, finding where you study best. For me, that's either at the library or at like Giant Eagle Market District, someplace with a little more ambient noise. And what time do you wrap up studying? It depends if it's, you know, your average day. Normally I have other commitments that I got to get to around like six or seven. I also just, you know, start to feel pretty worn out at that point. But, um, you know, if I have a basketball or ice hockey game, you know, I just get too exhausted. I'll go home, make, make dinner, watch some Netflix, take some time off. If there's some stuff that I know I need to wrap up some other other BS I got to get through, I'll do it then. But a lot of the times I try to, you know, shut it down. Sure. Have you ever taken a nap? Oh, yeah. On a weekday? Yeah. Um, we for, love that. For a little bit, I was in um, a schedule where I was waking up at 
six thirty in the morning. Okay. Going to the gym before class. So I'd lift from like six thirty to seven thirty, then be ready to go by eight. Um, for me, I'm a night owl, so that was pretty hard for me <laughs> to try to maintain yeah. that schedule of waking up that early. Um but then when I was doing that, I'd be exhausted. I'd be uh, by noon. I was already up for, you know, six hours. Right. So I'd go home and take a nap for, you know, half an hour, an hour. And then I'd go back and study. I mean, there's kids in our class who he doesn't wake up till like noon or one, but he's up till two or three in the morning studying. Right. And like for me, I could do that. It's just it's, figuring out what works. It's for figuring you. out what works best for, I think, it's definitely beneficial if you're a morning person because inevitably we do have mandatory morning things, you know, once or twice a week that you need to be at. So if you're routinely staying up to three, it's probably going to not be super healthy when you have to be up at seven the next morning. Sure. That's actually, that's a good transition into the next more relevant topic for undergrads pursuing Mm -hmm. where you're at right now. And that's what life skills could people start developing now so that they're better prepared for your life. I think two of the the biggest things that I wasn't necessarily prepared for or didn't really know about would be one, just the amount of emails you get on a daily basis. And I'm not talking like the junk emails or the morning brew type emails where it's just, you know, a quick glance at it to stay up to date on news. I'm talking like actually relevant, like actionable emails, emails that you either need to read through or, you know, get to pretty quick in order to be ready for a certain opportunity. So like one thing that's that's really cool about med school is there's a million different interest groups for every different specialty and subspecialty. And a lot of them host opportunities to do, you know, different medical doctor skills, such as, you know, a suturing lab or a chance to interact with a doctor about this or a, how to do a central line on a mannequin, like these really cool skills that aren't necessarily always incorporated into our curriculum. But if you're not on your email, a lot of them have limited space. So one thing that I'm still adjusting to almost at the end of my first year is being really good about always checking new emails when I get them, giving them all the time of day or else very quickly you're going to get pretty far behind and you're also going to miss a lot of really cool opportunities because of space limitations that they just fill up too quickly so staying ready to respond to emails is one what's two at least at osu i can't speak to other med schools but at osu every lecture we have they're recorded we have all of our information is pretty much given to us you can attend class if you want but it's recorded and posted online So me personally, I watch a lot of my lectures at least at 1.5 speed or at 2x using computer software called MySpeed. Um, So if you're one of the people in undergrad who's taking an online course, taking a, you know, lecture based or your school records your lectures and you're able to watch them at a later point, I'd strongly encourage looking into getting software that allows you to speed up that material because in med school time is your biggest resource it sounds kind of intimidating saying that you listen to lectures on 2x but our brains can process info a lot faster than we speak Um, you're probably bored of how slow i talk so you might want to speed me up but it's definitely it's a huge time saver 
and it just helps make efficiency. It just helps with efficiency. So read and respond to emails quickly and watch videos and content at 1.5 to two times speed. On that note, what do you wish you knew before starting medical school? I think part of it would be managing resource overload. Um, so I think one thing that happens is everyone in you know the first half year, I still know people changing the way they're studying now, um, is everyone's trying to figure out what works best for them. There are literally hundreds of different resources that you can use, pay for in medical school to help supplement the material you're giving in class. And I think a lot of it is just, you know, figuring out which one works best for you. I wasn't necessarily prepared for that because in undergrad, you're like, hey, this professor is giving this lecture, all the materials from the lecture. Right. Um, what you'll find in med school is that there is endless opportunities to supplement that information and learn it in a different way. And I think you very quickly early on need to experiment with those different um, what's your favorite resources. right now? So I'm a huge fan of Pathoma, which is a supplemental resource in order to learn the pathology of the various diseases, as well as sketchy. Okay. Um, yeah. Those are two very popular resources in medical school, sketchy specifically for drugs, pharmacology. They break everything down into pictures. Last question about medical school. We're going to throw it back to when you were applying and deciding. I know I was by your side during that time for a lot of it, but why did you end up choosing OSU over some of your out-of-state acceptances? Yeah, so uh, I was very fortunate to be accepted into a number of schools. And honestly, coming out of OSU, as we kind of talked about, I was born and raised in Columbus. I was dead set on getting out. Right. And one place I was fortunate was I was accepted to a school in Florida. So for me, I'm like, look, I could trade in, you know, zero degrees, negative 10 degree wind chill winters in Ohio for 75 and South Beach, Miami. What it came down to, I think, was getting past all of the kind of allure of getting out of Columbus and realizing like what really mattered um, to me in like my medical education and my life in general. So I have an older brother who's in, I actually have two older brothers who are physicians. And one of them looked at me and was just like, you got what you got to realize about going to medical school is the majority of it will be studying and it will be difficult and it will try you. Like you want to go wherever you think you're going to succeed the most, fit in the most and you know, where your support system is going to be. For me, I was fortunate enough that, you know, Columbus is my home. My family's here. My friends went to Ohio State. Um, but I think, honestly, the biggest reason for OSU was because of the fact that from my experiences with the medical school, both on the interview day, the second look weekend, a lot of what OSU, my, my OSU experience had been in undergrad, those same values and characters and the people were also reflected in the medical school. So what I kind of mean by that is like, I felt a very like open Midwest vibe right. from the students. Everyone was super helpful, encouraging. As I mentioned, they, they, they said a lot of the same things that I mentioned earlier about how they have fun going out on the weekends, having block parties, intramural groups, 
interest groups dedicated to board games and other things like that, just hanging out, like understanding that, yeah, we're in medical school and it's a grind, but we're all people and we all have other interests and we want to, you know, still do fun things and get outdoors and be people outside of this, outside of our educational experience. So that's characteristic of Ohio State. And that stuck out to you as opposed to the Northeastern and Florida schools. Yeah, I just knew that OSU, the the people that I would be surrounded with were all very down to earth, level headed. As I mentioned, OSU had a very non competitive environment in the sense that, you know, we're not fighting against each other to, you know, beat each beat each other on exams. Um, for me, it, it was just the the best fit and the best environment to put myself in to get through medical school. Cool. I think we don't want to beat a dead horse, but hopefully this will be useful. This conversation will be useful for undergrads, whether they're in the middle of their process or they're just starting or they will be starting in the future. I think you were able to share a lot of good insights about your experience. So hopefully you've just paid it forward. Yeah. Hopefully I didn't, you know, drone on too much. I'm going to tell them at the beginning of the first podcast to listen to it at 1.5 speed. On to <laughs> the slow burn question round. Jeez. Who's someone you'd like to say thank you to at Ohio State and why? I don't know. Hot plug for Dr. Foose. Let's throw his name in again? there again. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he was definitely someone who was, you know, pretty integral to my experience at OSU, um, being both one of my first chemistry teachers. Um being the advisor to our fraternity, he participated in Pelotonia and I spoke with him there. He's met my family. He wrote me a letter of rec. Um, he was always very supportive. And so I definitely think he was one of the the few professors that I actually had like a very good relationship with. Yeah. For me, I was kind of the person sitting in the hoodie in the back of a lot of classes, just like keeping my own business. I never wanted to go to office hours, but he was always like a professor I could relate to at a pretty personal level and always, you know, kept our encounters lighthearted and encouraging and, you know, helped me out with a lot of stuff. What at this point in time, what's the specialty that you want to go into? Oh, um, you didn't know this was coming. Yeah. So I, I'd have to say ER, so emergency medicine. Um, I think it just fits my personality the best. I, I'm someone who's, who thrives with variety I don't think I ever want to be at a place where I know exactly where my day is going to take me. Um, and I think being in the emergency room and always having to adjust to new and changing circumstances, as well as just having the skill set to be prepared to, you know, conquer any medical emergency that's placed in front of me. With, so that Sam doesn't have to take the lead on it. I, I'd still probably let her take yeah. the lead. She's she's very confident. But <laughs> so um, ER. Yeah. What's your best moment at OSU? Well, so being the first alumnus, I feel like I am the first one with the unique experience of having experienced OSU's national championship my freshman year. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. So I feel that winning a national championship kind of trumps OSU versus Michigan. Kind of trumps. So, yes, those OSU Michigan games, one of them I was sitting with my brother, were absolutely phenomenal. But I will never forget 
that night that OSU won the national championship storming campus in the freezing cold mirror lake was frozen over we were jumping up and down on frozen mirror lake like singing carmen ohio people were storming the oval just screaming and going crazy climbing trees high street got shut down and tear gassed (laughs) and pepper sprayed they're worried about crowd control they were afraid a riot was going to start and people would start breaking stuff on high street so anytime like big groups of people got together they were throwing canisters of tear gas into the the crowd and i had a buddy who put a bandana around his face ran into the crowd and grabbed a canister of spent tear gas so his memorabilia oh that's so from the national championship is a is a bottle of tear gas that says like (laughs) property of like u.s national guard tear gas like i couldn't think of a a more unique way to remember the national championship game than a bottle of tear gas you got hit with yeah that's sweet two more to the slow burn round what's your hidden gem at osu or in columbus that changed the game for you so this isn't necessarily a osu or columbus specific hidden gem just something that you use that helped or enhanced your experience yeah so something that i got fairly recently Um, That's definitely helped with my overall productivity. I'm personally an individual 100% addicted to my phone. I have a lot of trouble staying off it um, when I'm studying. Go to your screen time right now and tell me what the minute count is at. I don't even know how to do that. I don't, I'm afraid to look at my screen time. Where is, oh, screen time. It's loading. Remy. The suspense builds. You're going to cut this because I haven't been on it at all today. Mine's at like three or four hours per day. It's obnoxious. How do I do my overall? There should be like a past seven days thing. I just have. So I only downloaded the new update recently. Last seven days. Oh. So Remy just found out. Um, So my past seven days is at five and a half hours. Oh, that's not much. Well, so granted. Some of this is productivity time. Some of it is games. The other thing, though, is that in medical school at OSU, they give me an iPad. They give all incoming students an oh, iPad. Oh, that's nice. So, that is a soft plug. Yeah, that is a soft plug. But not, not to flex, but my weekly total right now is at 24 hours and 21 minutes. That's a lot. It's a lot of screen time. But so my thing is, so there, there is a fair chunk of it on social networking, um, which isn't great. But, but your hidden gem. So my hidden gem, doubling back, that help has helped keep me off of my phone is an app called Forest. I think it was like two dollars in the app store. I know there's free versions of it, but what it was, is it? So it's an app that you open up the app and you set a timer, and it plants a tree for you, and it makes you feel really bad if you get on your phone. <laughs> before the timers come up because it says you killed the tree and then oh, the dang. dead tree shows up in your forest in your garden it's like and you have modern to, tamagotchi yeah and it and it just smacks you in the face so i use it a lot when i'm studying i can set up to a two-hour timer so i set it there i text sam i'm like hey i gotta focus i gotta buckle down i put my phone to the side i know that i can't look at it for two hours um and i just get to work and it's something that you know when I get that sudden urge to pick up my phone and when I normally pick it up and go to Instagram or go to uh, Snapchat or whatever else and look at stories, I see that timer and I'm like, oh, I still have an hour left. Like I can do it at the end of that hour. I don't need to look at it right now. It's enough of a deterrent for me 
to stay focused over the course of that two hours. Um, plus, it's pretty cool to look back. It tracks everything over the weeks and the months. So planted a lot of trees uh, <laughs> right around cardiopalm exam time. And it's cool because if you end up saving up enough, you can actually use your points to plant real trees. Oh, um, that's cool. I personally do not have enough points to do that yet because um, I keep spending them on buying <laughs> new types of trees to plant in my forest. But it's been something that's helped me uh, force my productivity and stay off my phone and keep my screen time out of even higher numbers. So I just bought it. We're gonna did. see. We're gonna see if it works. So I'm horrible about checking my screen while I'm working. Yeah. So it's it's definitely been a game changer for me to stay off my phone um, and, you know, really lock in for the times that I say I'm going to be in the library. Cause like when I was in an undergrad, if I went and tried to study for, you know, a couple hours, I guarantee at least half of that I'd be on my phone. That's how I study. And it's just like, you can't do it anymore. This is one way you can add your friends on it. So you, I have a couple of my med school friends on it so they can see if I mess up and get off of it can they see if you killed trees they can see if you killed Ooh. trees um you can also do like group sessions with it so if you got a group project and everyone has the app you can create a room and in that room you can say all right so we need to get this done in the next hour and a half you could set the timer for an hour and a half and then no one can look at their phone in that time oh, that is pretty cool so there yeah. there are definitely some cool features like that to help you know, keep accountability to more than just yourself. But for me, just not wanting to kill the the cute little animated tree is is enough to help me. So Forest 199 on the App Store has 4.8 stars. Last question for the slow burn round. Remy, what's on your OSU bucket list? So two really cool involvements that I unfortunately can't do yet, but can do later in medical school, specifically like my third and fourth year um, are away rotations meaning that as an OSU medical student, we have a really great program to go somewhere abroad and do a rotation. I know people have... Abroad as in country. Countries. Abroad. Okay. Yeah. So you can... So it's it's normal to go to a different hospital at right. some point. Yeah. But during fourth year at OSU, um, my understanding is most medical students spend time either in South America, Africa, um southeast asia that's pretty cool doing um practicing medicine in those countries um that is stipend by osu so that's something i definitely want to take advantage of i feel like that's a great way to you know give back use the knowledge i've gained and help share it with other people um another one that i don't know hopefully it's still around it's it's struggling a little bit this year but the fourth year medical students for the past couple years have been going on a cross country bike ride um, called Wide Ride for World Health, excuse me, um, where they start in California and ride all the way to the East Coast over the course oh, of two or three months and do local clinics all along the way. Um, so I feel like that'd be an amazing opportunity to kind of one up Pelotonia a little bit, go go a little farther. Um, but that would definitely be if it, if it's still around by fourth year would be something that I don't think I could pass up on. Cool. I think that'll do it for Remy's two parter. Oh, 
I'm sorry I'm long-winded. I'm glad you took an hour and 40 minutes out of your time. I'm glad medical students can do that. Yeah. I'm super happy you were able to come on. Thanks so much for coming. Edit me down a little bit. I definitely will. (laughs) That will do it for this part two edition with Remy Powell. As always, please rate us on Apple Podcasts if you liked what you heard and share us with your friends. In the batter's box for the weeks before the semester ends are Meg Subtle, who will share her experiences as an Irish dancer and share some of her relationship advice. Claire Davison, who will talk about Cello Ohio, student philanthropy in the foundation board, and Lord Denny's players. And lastly, Kelly Noriega, who will talk about overcoming the fear of failure, how to handle failure, and more. Stay tuned, ladies and gents. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.